0: All right, I'm officially recording. You are officially recording. So we'll do some sound check. I'm just gonna ask you, would you rather become a superhero or become a super villain?
1: Definitely a superhero. But why? Who wants to be the bad guy?
0: <laughs> 26% of people would be the villain and 74% Seventy-four
1: percent said they would want to be the hero. Well, where's yeah. the heroine? I don't know. Heroine. Where's the heroine? Ooh, that's not a good yeah, question. I
0: know, right? <laughs> For the ladies, okay. Would
1: you? You totally did not get that. <laughs> no, I, I know
0: the heroine is like the female hero, right?
1: Yes, but if you drop the e, it's not.
0: we're pregnant bro do you even like i can't eat another one bite. is usually bigger than the other It tastes awful awesome. won't hurt a Wait, bit why is it leaking Is that, What's that, that was not awful? there I'll yesterday have a second. Maybe maybe that's totally my the natural hair color that's supposed to look like high. that don't, don't worry, worry that, that was solid that's deadly. deadly i'm terrell and i'm iris welcome to health science for the rest of us a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body Vaccines are coming to a town near you. Just kidding. They're already in your town. And for this week's adventure, me and a special co-host, Anne, spent some time talking about them. You'll notice that Siri took the week off for this episode. So when we get to the end, if you liked Anne better, shoot us an email at info at healthscienceforeveryone.com and let us know. If enough of you write in, we just may be able to convince Anne to chat with us more often in the future episodes. But back to vaccines. In a minute here, I will cut away to my conversation with Anne. But to get us started, here is some quick background on vaccines. Vaccines are medicines that boost our body's natural ability to fight and kill disease-causing germs. You've probably heard of vaccines being given with needles, but they can also come in the form of pills that you swallow or aerosols that get sprayed up your nose. And they all help our disease-fighting powers by giving our bodies a kind of heads-up that there might be dangerous bugs floating around the corner. In biology terms, vaccines work a little like self-defense classes. When a teacher dresses up in a fluffy foam costume and pretends to attack the students so the students can practice fighting back and getting prepared to use their defense skills later on down the line when it really counts. Okay, that's a cartoony analogy. Don't judge me. It's completely accurate. There's been tons of talk about vaccines in recent news stories, especially the ones about childhood vaccines or vaccines that kids get to keep them from catching life-threatening infections. Everybody and their mama has something to say about childhood vaccines, so this week, Anne helped me show some love for all the vaccines that help us to not get sick when we travel to different countries. A few final thoughts before we get started already. During our conversation, you'll hear us say CDC when we're talking about the Centers for Disease Control. And you'll hear us say TSA when we're talking about the Transportation Security Agency. We'll also mention a few different diseases without really explaining what the diseases are. But don't worry, at the end of my chat with Anne, I'll be back to revisit the diseases and to follow up on some of the questions that were raised but not answered while Anne and I were talking. And finally, finally, When Anne and I sat down to make this recording, there were some little kids playing nearby and every now and then you'll probably hear them squeaking in the background. Just ignore that. Lego! Okay, so now we'll start in the fun stuff. So the way this all started and the reason we're here today now is because you saw me in the hallway, and you happened to mention, oh yeah, my son had a baby, and now I'm planning a trip to go and visit. And that's special because your son lives on the other side of the world, Vietnam. Vietnam. So you're planning to go visit him and visit his family. Is this going to be your first trip there? It will be Vietnam? my first trip there. Yeah, so when you told me you were going to Vietnam, in my mind, I thought, that's, that's far away. But before we sat down here today, I actually looked up where Vietnam was. Did you realize it's like 9,000 miles away? I realized where
1: it was when I was putting up decorations on my Christmas tree and decided I'd put a little globe on my uh, tree. And I looked at the globe and I realized that Vietnam was literally, virtually, on the other side of the world. I did not realize that having seen it many times on a map that it is on the opposite side of the world
0: yeah I was really surprised too I figured it was far but they show you on Wikipedia if you start in say Florida or New York or somewhere on the East Coast you have to fly all the way across the country towards California and then some more across the Pacific Ocean and then you're close to Vietnam and I thought whoa Let's hope I don't have any plane detours
1: to New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you decided you're gonna go on this trip, and so what was the process like of you trying to figure out what kinds of paperwork you might need, or uh, what types of steps you might have to take to, to have like official permission to visit Vietnam from the United States?
1: I really had no idea what to do first. Do you do the plane reservation? Do you get off work first? Do you ask around if it's even a smart thing to do? Uh, so I just started asking questions of all my friends and, and particularly my well-traveled friends and of course my son who
0: has been back and forth many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was some paperwork that had to do with you know, like getting permission to leave our country, getting permission to go to their country, like visas and stuff like that. But then there was also the part about the shots. So I'm gonna guess off the top of my head how many shots you need. Maybe was it was it more than three shots? I have
1: have to have two of the shots you don't have to have them to get in but I think those were probably the ones that I wouldn't go without and then there were some others that were possibilities and then there are also some medications that you can take along with you for just
0: in case for instance for malaria okay so there's shots before you go and then medicines you can take with you that you can use let's start with the shots then How did you find out that you had to get shots or that there was medicines that you might be able to have? Someone recommended that I check with the local uh,
1: travel agency uh, with an institution. So when I checked with them, when I went on and looked, and you also told me to check with the CDC. Yeah. And so I guess I started there and looked at what they recommended and then I went more local and looked at what was recommended for um, college students. Mm -hmm. And so I chose kind of a happy middle. And they told you 43 shots. 43 shots for students, (laughs) yes. They're always gonna play on the safe side.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, which which shots wound up being recommended for you? Hepatitis A and typhoid. Oh, so just
1: two just two and then the malaria medication was highly recommended and even with the typhoid you could take it in oral form you could take it in pill form um, or you can get the shots you can have live or killed virus just pick your poison. Oh wow how did you pick your poison? I read about it prior to going in so I knew which and then uh, I wanted and then I asked what her recommendation
0: was, so mm-hmm. I made my decision based on that. Mm-hmm. Did you have to make an appointment to get the shots, or did, did you just walk in somewhere and just get the shots?
1: I had to make an appointment to get the shots. Uh-huh. I don't know if you walked in if you would be able to, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't yeah. try that.
0: I wonder how, was it, did you, is it one of those situations where you had to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to get an appointment, or was it not bad? I think I had one choice that I could do
1: within two weeks, and it was probably five weeks out if I didn't take that choice. Whoa,
0: you locked up, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Even after you take the shots, you have to wait several weeks for them to take effect. They're not 100% effective immediately. The typhoid wow.
0: takes two weeks to wow. settle in, I guess. Yeah. So you got the hep A shot and typhoid each of those are one shot each or? Yes, one shot in each arm. One shot in each arm. Yes. Okay, so two vaccines, you got Hep A and typhoid. Uh So that means total, you got four needle sticks or you got, was it hep A and typhoid
1: in one? Oh, no, it in one and typhoid in the other. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's
0: more than enough sticks for a day. <laughs> so after that, it's all done. You don't have to come back and like do another shot and then another shot. There
1: are some things, some that, where you have to take multiple pills or multiple shots. And the, the one that I took, uh, you, it lasts for two years. You could do another alternative. I think it was the oral that would last five years, um, but, I think this one was more effective even than the last two.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. This sounds like there are a lot of factors to think about when you're trying to decide what would be best for you based on your travel plans and, and based on, you know, what your preferences would be. Yes, and of
1: course I always ask, what do most people do? And she was able to give me percentages, and actually with the typhoid it was 50-50, whether it was oral or the shot. Yeah. Did you, so you that didn't core. help at all. <laughs> Do <Did laughs> I get another <laughs> went
0: phone friends? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about, well, so you show up ready to go hardcore because you chose the needles. Yep. Was it quick and easy? Did you just march into the office and they stalk you and then?
1: Well, no, out. actually there was a considerable amount of counseling before, where are you likely to go in Vietnam, depending on whether you're staying in the city or uh, outlying country, it varies drastically what medications you might take, as far as you need a whole lot more protection if you're going uh, to any outlying areas or Mm -hmm. if you're traveling into another country. Mm -hmm. So they asked you first if you're gonna do rural or uh,
0: urban. Yeah, I like that it's personal that they're considering what your plans are and what would be best for you. Yeah, I I was very impressed with the
1: depth of questions they asked before they gave me what uh,
0: I was asking for. That's all right, yeah, all right. So you went in, hardcore, they counseled you, gave you all the education, and then it was jabbing time. It was jabbing time, yeah. Of course, they always ask, are you going to,
1: do you think that you will faint, and of course just, the power of suggestion it's like I'm starting to feel a little weak now well would you like to lay down (laughs) she said because usually when you lay down you don't get up right away and I'm like no I'll just sit here thank you just go for it oh wow
0: yeah were they really big needles or was it like quick Uh, I, I just
1: glanced over and I didn't look uh, I'm not one to look to see what they're going to stick me with. All so right. I quite frankly can't tell you how big they were. Yeah. Looked pretty big when I glanced over. Yeah. I didn't. I oh took great God care goodness. not to look. I should have I looked afterwards. Look that might have been. Yeah. And yeah. they felt very different. The typhoid felt very different from the hepatitis. Yeah. The typhoid, after that was given,
0: I thought, that wasn't so bad. And then mm-hmm. she starts the other and says, "Now this one's going to hurt a little bit. If you had to describe the pain for these two shots without scaring all the people, how would you, how would you describe the pain for your shot? I, I would think the anticipation
1: is worse than the actual shot because as soon as you think, oh, this isn't good, it's done. Mm-hmm. So it's so very quick that uh, it's very unpleasant while they're doing it, but it's so quick that yeah. it's not so bad. I've had much worse shots, quite frankly.
0: How, how would these shots compare to the flu shot? Because people are probably more familiar with the flu shot. Would you say these shots were worse than the flu shot or not as bad, the same? People that I have talked
1: to that have had the flu shot um, don't think
0: they're very, or don't think they're really so bad. What? Okay, I must just be a wimp. <laughs> Every time I get one, as soon as they stick me, I don't feel it too much, but when they start to push in the medicine, it burns a little, yeah. and then I'll get sore, maybe uh, for, I don't know, maybe less than a week for sure. It's nothing to write home about, but you know they, they stick you, and you know they're there. Right, right. <laughs> and they don't, uh, these don't burn
1: so much. It's a different kind of a sensation, just an uncomfortable, yeah. something going into your body, but if you want to talk about afterwards i could yeah. lift my hand oh about 8 inches up my arm where the typhoid was got really sore and really heavy afterwards so. and i i did feel like my temperature was up a bit
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Do they tell you about those things and what to expect before they stick you, or was it a surprise? That was
1: part of the counseling, that that you can expect this may happen or that may happen. And again, the power of suggestion, but Mm -hmm. but I'm fairly certain my
0: temperature was not what it usually is Mm -hmm. the the entire evening. Mm -hmm. But still not as bad as a flu shot? No. Okay, (laughs) I need to investigate. Apparently, Someone's giving me the bad flu shot. <laughs> Someone's giving me the more painful one. Well, I tell you, you could just go get a typhoid shot, and that would provide a good comparison. Yeah, could compare the two. And then we could do an episode where we get back together, and I tell you about how they gave me the bad typhoid, <laughs> the bad typhoid shot. Cool. So you went through all that, and you got your needles, and you said that there were also medicines they told you about that you can have with you to take on your trip. What was that about? Well, uh,
1: they said if you, it's not uh, unusual to get uh, diarrhea from the foods, particularly fresh foods and uh, fruits and vegetables, and basically they said do not eat salad and do not eat fruit unless it has a really heavy skin. You might uh, be able to peel the fruit and eat it, but eat everything cooked and bottled water. So that said, you can still pick up a bug that will give you diarrhea, so they recommended Pepto-Bismol or uh, Imodium. And then another medication, I can't tell you the name offhand, Mm -hmm. which she provided a prescription for if Mm -hmm. those things didn't work. Mm -hmm. And of course the malaria medicine, if I were to go outside of the city, that it's it's, uh, a preventative, hopefully a preventative that you would take prior, two days prior to where you're going and then the entire time afterwards. And and I don't believe any of those are actually 100%. And of course there's the Zika virus, which there is no, the
0: prevention would be to uh, be sure you're covered with clothes and with DEET. It sounds like you could very well end up with like a nice little handful of medicines to have in your back pocket. Did y'all talk about if you should expect any trouble at the airport trying to get those medicines onto the plane with you? Are there special things that they told you you have to to do in order to get permission to bring your medicines on the plane?
1: That is a very, very good question, and I haven't investigated that mm, yet. Juicy. Okay. <laughs> we'll look into that. Because I would be packing uh, quite a few drugs, but she didn't feel that it was a problem because she provided the... Uh, prescriptions for them and didn't say go fill them over there, so I'm expecting that I will be able to take them.
0: Because the other thing I was thinking about was, let's say for some strange reason there's a problem and you get to the airport and they make you throw away all your medicines, you know, would you be able to get the medicines after you arrive? Once upon a time, I was a foreign exchange student in Costa Rica and I got diarrhea while I was down there and we went into a pharmacy and we bought the medicine that they had there for diarrhea. And I took it and everything was fine. But I I just wonder, do you expect that you'll be able to, to buy things like that or get medicines like that once you get to Vietnam if, if you need to? Or
1: yes, I, yes, my son has actually told me, but I've been super precautious. I'm going to bring my own as well. Yeah, yeah. But he said they have... They know people tend to get that and they have medications and probably uh, considerably cheaper over there, but I want it yeah. to be able to read the label when I get it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's an excellent, an excellent thing to think about. If you, if you plan to buy medicine once you get there, you had better be able to read the labels, right? Yeah, so maybe if it's easier to get it here and take it with you, you know, after this, maybe I'll check the, I guess it would be the TSA's website and see if they have special rules about how to get permission to bring your medicines. It would seem like this would be a pretty common thing and that they should allow this, you know, people traveling. And a lot of people would have heart medications, but do
1: you need to have permission prior? Uh, I plan to do the TSA pre-screening, so Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll have all the answers to those questions so I don't have to
0: drop a of medication at the airport. And you can skip the line VIP style like a boss. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're being overly cautious. And so the whole point of all this, you know, when people travel to other countries, and they get vaccines before they travel, you know, in your mind, or in terms of what you're hoping to achieve by getting these shots ahead of time, like, what is it that you, what is it that you're getting out of getting vaccines in order to travel? Why why would people like you want to get vaccines before they travel? Well,
1: for one thing, you don't want to bring something back into the country. But the other thing is you want to enjoy your vacation while you're there. And if you're sick the whole time or for the first week that you've gotten there because you didn't take the time to get this or that, you drink water off the from a street vendor or fresh fruit or vegetables, looks good, but you don't know how it was cleaned or what uh, prep was done for it, uh, you're gonna pay the price. Yeah, yeah. And so it pays to do your homework before you travel out of the country yeah. because many places don't have the same standards uh, or rules or regulations that we do here in the States. Yeah,
0: yeah. and even if you do your best to avoid foods that might be contaminated or water that might be contaminated, you know, a lot of these illnesses come from mosquitoes and there's, you know, only so much you can do. You had mentioned the malaria medicine. Malaria is is spread by mosquitoes. Is that one of the medicines that they gave you to take with you? That's one
1: that I wouldn't necessarily need to take if I Mm -hmm. were right. Ho Chi Minh City, although there are definitely mosquitoes in the city, so uh, I know the baby sleeps under a mosquito net, Mm -hmm. but if you're traveling beyond, the mosquitoes can be rampant in the rural
0: areas. Yeah, yeah, so then it sounds like, you know, you took a step-by-step approach, learned what you needed to learn, and, and figured out what was available, what shots you might consider, what medicines you might consider. Were any of these things described as mandatory or were they all things that you could, that you could use if you want to?
1: I, having had two uh, children who have traveled out of the country through a university, they, some of them were mandatory prior to them traveling for myself because uh, it's of my own accord. Uh, I could choose to take them or not. I don't know anywhere that actually... Well, actually, there probably are some places that it's mandatory to get them before entering the country. Mm-hmm. I, just in Ooh, my reading. Not so, but Not to leave. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you wouldn't yeah. want to have to not be able to come back in because you were exposed to something. You, yeah. So you never know because with the Zika virus, I know people that traveled out and while they're there... Uh, all of the press went out about mm-hmm. the Zika virus and mm-hmm. so they were unaware of it, so those things happen.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember when Ebola was in the news a lot, yeah. people were very concerned about travelers coming into the states from places where Ebola was right. on the rampage. So I think it, all, it makes sense, you know, if you, if you have that option. Yeah. Did you have to pay out of pocket for any of the medicines or the shots that you got?
1: Uh, fortunately, I have very good insurance. I had to pay $20 uh, for the shots at the facility and then $20 for the malaria medicine at the pharmacy. So no yeah. complaints,
0: that's yeah. that's worth it. Yeah, I think um, later on, I'll probably look into if there are options for people who maybe need to travel, but can't afford the shots. I might look to see if it's similar to we we did the pregnancy test episode and talked about how some people try homemade pregnancy tests because they think they can't afford pregnancy tests and then it turns out pregnancy tests are at the dollar store and so I think I'll yeah they're at the dollar store affordable. Let's hope that typhoid shots are not at the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. Add that to your list of things to have to sneak into the airport. Uh, but, yeah, I think I would be interested to find out what these things cost if you have to pay out-of-pocket. That's a
1: really good question yeah. because she did share that one of them was very expensive out-of-pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a concern. You know, if you're traveling to visit a sick loved one or something like that, it seems like it would be nice if it was really easy to get these shots, not just to protect yourself but to protect all the people that you travel with and people that you see when you come back into the country. So. So, to wrap this up, was there anything that surprised you about this experience of planning a trip and planning your vaccines and learning about different bugs and different illnesses and things like that that people might face when they travel? Was there anything that was just off the wall surprising? Off the wall
1: surprising was how organized when I went in that. Uh, where I got the shots they have a map of the world and then they have paperwork that they provide with you to you with uh, they have paperwork that they provide to you with all of the different countries what they're likely to have and they even have them mapped out with locations of where you're likely to get encephalitis or malaria or typhoid or yellow fever so, you can see percentage wise where you're at greater risk than not. And I was very impressed with that. And if I traveled again, I would take the same route and check out what uh, I would be in need of and what would be the likely thing that you might get uh, if you're not very careful.
0: Wow. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, the thing that surprised me most is that they make the vaccines out of. I don't know, horse urine or something like that. But that's actually reassuring to hear that everything seemed to go really smoothly. People answered your questions, got you on the right track for what you needed. And so maybe, you know, traveling and getting travel vaccines isn't as scary as some of us might think.
1: Well, that, you did bring up a very important point, which she brought up when she first talked about the shots. They're going to ask you what? allergies you have because the shots can be made up of some strange things as I'm sure you know so you want to make sure you're not allergic to any of the components of them
0: stranger than horse urine let's hope not okay that'll mm, yeah that might be another episode actually I think that is another episode Chelsea and I are doing yeah more on that later so then we've talked about the process we've what you were guarding for when you decided to find out about the shots and the medicines, hopefully having a nice illness-free trip to enjoy your son and his family and their new baby. Are there any parting words of wisdom that you would have for other people who are planning trips or who don't know anything about travel vaccines?
1: Definitely plan ahead because you don't know whether it's going to take a week or six to get in to get the shots. and. Particularly because the shots may take a while to take effect. And I just know about two, but I'm sure there are many more that may take even longer periods of time to actually be uh, more effective.
0: Sweet. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, you're very uh, welcome. You were a much more enjoyable co host than Siri. She can be a little ornery. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't talk back quite so much as Siri does. Don't even
0: get me started. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was really fun. Hopefully you thought so too. Before we close for the week, as promised, here is some quick follow-up to some of the comments we made during our conversation. Anne mentions a few diseases that people might worry about when they travel to different parts of the world. The first one she mentioned, Hepatitis A, is an infection that attacks the liver through what's called the oral fecal route, which, thanks to contaminated food or water, is almost exactly what it sounds like. Hepatitis A can stay in your body for up to a month before you even know you're sick. And once it rears its ugly head, you can come down with symptoms like fever, weakness, loss of appetite, diarrhea, nausea, and abdominal discomfort, just to name a few. The typhoid Anne mentioned is also spread through contaminated food and water and has similar symptoms to hepatitis A. You do not want either of these diseases. You also don't want the other disease we said, called malaria, which is a very serious illness caused by a parasite that gets spread by mosquitoes. If it doesn't kill you, malaria can cause a very bad fever, headaches, chills, and vomiting. And since mosquitoes are so caring, they also spread Zika, one of the other diseases Anne mentioned. Zika is somewhat new to the scene because it didn't make a splash in the news until recently. People who catch Zika infections can have a mild fever, skin rash, pink eye, muscle and joint pain, weakness or headache, but they may also experience problems with their nervous system or give birth to babies with incomplete brain development. Any of these diseases can cause major suffering on your trip, but Ebola is by far the king of them all. Ebola is caused by a virus that is spread through body fluids. It can stay inside you for up to three weeks before you notice you're sick. And when it finally goes to work on you, it can cause nearly all of the symptoms from the other diseases we talked about, all at the same time, on top of the worst headache imaginable and leaking blood from every hole in your body. Vaccines for Ebola and Zika are still in the works but for now, we at least have some other vaccines for some of the other diseases, and that DEET or diethyl diethylmethylbenzamide, diethyl methylbenzamide, diethyl methylbenzamide. Where is Siri when you need her to pronounce things? That Anne mentioned. DEET is basically a bug spray for dealing with mosquitoes. After DEET and vaccines, we also talked about medicines you can take with you on your trip. And at the time, we weren't quite sure if there were special rules for when people want to bring these medicines through the airport. According to the TSA website, travelers can bring medicines with them through the airport, but the medicines have to go through security screening. I didn't see anything that describes what the security screening of medicines would actually involve except to say that medicines should be clearly labeled for screening and that liquid medicines and creams and little bottles of deep products still have to be 3.4 ounces or less if you want to take them on the plane in your carry-on bag. I didn't look at air travel security rules for other countries, but I imagine they have similar information available on their websites. The other really interesting topic we touched on was the actual out-of-pocket costs of travel vaccines. This was something I really wanted to dive into because protection from infections is really important. And I wondered if the cost of these medicines might prevent anyone from getting them. To answer that question, I went digging and, of course, the answer was incredibly complicated. It turns out, the cost of travel vaccines varies depending on which one you're getting. For people without insurance, the cost of travel vaccines starts with the cost of the clinic visit, and that ranges between $15 and $100. After that, if they get any shots, they pay about $20 per shot in injection fees on top of the cost of the shots themselves. The cheapest vaccine I saw was for the typhoid shot that Ann got, and its price ranged from $85 to $300 from start to finish. The most expensive one I saw was for rabies, and its price ranged between $500 and $1,000 in part because it requires multiple shots. Now get a load of this. Not all private health insurance providers cover travel vaccines, and Medicare doesn't cover them at all. But for people with insurance that does cover them, the copays are typically between twenty and forty dollars for the whole shebang. Visit, medicine, education, everything. Some of the more exotic vaccines, like the one for Japanese encephalitis, may only be available at clinics that especially deal with travel health. But some of the other ones, like the one for hepatitis A, may be cheaper at your regular doctor's office. Another option for getting travel vaccines cheaper is to contact your local health department to find out where your state's public clinics are and to try to get the vaccines that way. If you wind up needing travel vaccines and having to pay for everything out of pocket, health consumer groups recommend that you plan carefully and know what you're paying for. A clinic visit for travel vaccines should include education like what Anne described, where the clinic considers detailed information about your upcoming trip to decide which vaccines you need and which ones you don't. Asking how much everything will cost before agreeing to pay can be very helpful too, especially if the vaccines you need will require more booster shots in the future. Phew, that was intense. And we only covered one foreign country and a handful of infections. In the end though, like Anne suggested, if you're traveling to another country soon, it's a great idea to know before you go. If you think you might need vaccines for where you're going, you can save yourself a lot of hassle if you plan ahead, especially if the country you're visiting is one of those ones that has mandatory vaccines in the form of requiring proof of your childhood immunizations, which you'll want plenty of time to hunt down if the last place you saw them was an old shoebox in your parents' attic. The EU's National Health Service recommends that you start making these sorts of plans about six weeks before your trip. That way you've got plenty of wiggle room if there are any hiccups or if your vaccines don't go into effect right away. This approach also leaves plenty of time for you to look over any rules, requirements, or travel health notices that might get updated during the weeks leading up to your trip. A good place to start is the CDC's website because they've got lots of information and you can even sign up for email alerts. The World Health Organization has a great website too, and both of these groups have Twitter and Facebook feeds you can follow if you want. If none of that helps you get the ball rolling, I'm sure your local health provider would be happy to answer any questions you might have, including questions about other things you can do besides vaccines, to protect yourself from infections while you're traveling. Just don't wait to the last minute. And please don't be mad if you were hoping we would talk more about the false connection between vaccines and autism, or how we get vaccines to protect us from diseases that sicken plenty of other people in the very countries we visit because the people there don't always have access to the same medicines. The reason we didn't touch on those subjects is because they'll be covered in their own separate episode. You'll really want to stay tuned for that. Happy traveling. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend if you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help you can both get some quick tips from our fun youtube tutorial just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode to learn more about the show in general or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com we're also on facebook in the group section and on Twitter, under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word.
1: For a limited time, health science for the rest of us listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42TOWERBEAMSUNSHINESTRAIN. Sunshine
0: strain. No, no, no. I told you we're not doing that.
1: My apologies. www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbiagularhealth.com
0: Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds?